2: So you may have started noticing that there's some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not actually beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tallboy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They'll also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. See, what you may not know is that most plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore, and the plastic you throw in a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. So go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with our store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday, P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday.
3: 20 minutes a day.
4: Sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day
2: podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast. More importantly, my two amazing guests, the one and only Alex Stroff. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex underscore strofe and my best podcasting partner of all time. I'm just kidding. Ouch. Uh, maybe you are, maybe you're not. Never know. <laughs> Perry Goldstein, you can follow her on Twitter, at Perry underscore Goldstein. Perry, Alex, how the heck are you doing? Not so good after that. I gotta be honest, that would hurt. <laughs> that one hurt you it's just
3: like, uh, knocked, uh, knocked Alex down a peg a little
2: bit. It's like the Dorothy at the end of, uh, you're my favorite scarecrow, as <laughs> the lion and tin man are standing right next to her. But um, yeah. Uh, Perry, how are you?
3: I'm good. It was a Packerless Sunday, so a little bit weird, but at the same time, kind of nice to watch Red Zone and not really be that stressed out.
2: Alex, uh, I know you had a, a mostly stress-free Packer day as well.
4: I had, a, I had a totally stress-free football day, right? Like, we're recording in the middle of this Chiefs-Chargers game. I watched the first quarter and a half, and, and here we are. I'll watch the rest of that game but I don't watch football at all today. It was really odd. It felt like it was June minus the weather in Madison, Wisconsin.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I think Perry and I were both partaking in a lot of NFL red zone. And as you mentioned, taking in some, some chiefs chargers as well. I'm just
4: so over it, Andy. Like I'm just so I'm still front. I was at the game on Thursday, you know, ha- ha- had a couple brews was enjoying myself again, minus the weather. And and they just broke my heart again. They built me up for three days as Perry and I were talking about off camera a little bit, right? don't even get a full victory week three days. And then they break my heart and and I just feel like the season's over, but what we're about to get to, I'm so excited to discuss because we're at that point of the
2: season. I think there's a lot of Packer fans that just need a little bit of a football fast for a hot second uh, because of this entire season and how brutally frustrating it's been. Um, The Packers have a lot of problems and unfortunately they have not been able to solve them. So we're going to have to do it for them. So we're going to take today. Uh, to try and solve all of the Packers problems. We're going to take 10 of the hardest hitting questions that are out there surrounding the Packers right now, one by one and do our absolute best to figure out how we can fix the Packers. You guys in?
3: Hire me now. 1265.
2: Right. Let's do it. All right. So Perry, let's just kick things off and I will start with you. Is it time? Here we go. Should the Packers start Jordan love?
3: Okay. The the way this question is worded is really interesting to me because should the Packers Jordan start Jordan Love or will they start Jordan Love has two mm. like very different
2: answers. Well, you the platform is yours
3: because should they look they're basically eliminated from playoff contention their quarterback likely has a broken thumb right now and they're staring at the face of like a top potentially 10 pick if the season keeps going downhill. You we've said this on the show before. You have this like big unknown. You took this guy in the first round a couple seasons ago. You've fifth year option coming up. You have to make a decision with him and now you're being given this perfect opportunity of basically a lost season filled with games. You have like basically almost half a season to know and after this, you might actually really know if Jordan Love is the guy you want to keep around or not. Yet Will they do this? No, of course they won't, because it's not that simple, right? It's just, if you, I've thought about this so much, if you take it like totally out of context, you take names out of the picture, franchise out of the picture, you give this like scenario, player A, B, here's the scenario, you say, of course, of course you start this player, but that's not how this works because it's Aaron Rodgers and he's your franchise quarterback for almost two decades. And this might be his last season. And he also has a personality that wouldn't take this well. And you don't want to cause problems in the locker room and you don't want to put Jordan love in bed. There's so many other variables about like why I think the only way you do this is two things have to happen. One is you're completely mathematically eliminated and B, you put Aaron Rodgers like on an IR because his thumb is not working. And he has to be okay with that. He has to say, this is fine. Jordan can play now.
4: Alex? Absolutely nailed it, Perry. That was that was brilliant. I mean, you're 1 million percent spot on. Every, every reason you listed is correct. Look, I, I, the answer is yes. Should they? Yes. I, the fifth-year option is the part that, that bothers me the most, right? Because you have to make a decision on that this off season And I don't know the exact dollar amount. It's somewhere in like the $19, $20 million range too, right? So that's a, it's a hefty price tag for a backup quarterback. You don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. I, I think he's back next year, but that's my opinion. That's not a fact. So uh, it, there, there are so many other factors that play into this sports are all about scapegoats, right? And I think the Packers right now are faced with the option of picking from three scapegoats. I don't think any of the three are gone after this year, uh, in Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur. But that third scapegoat is Aaron Rodgers' thumb. You put him on IR, that's the reason the offense couldn't click this year. Let's see what we've gotten Jordan Love. Aaron, like a couple of years ago, he had the, uh, what was it, the broken leg? The knee. Um, the knee, right? Yeah. And we didn't find out about that till the end of the year. Get ahead of it, right? Oh, uh, we lost to the Eagles, season's over. Aaron's thumb is really messed up. He's going to go on IR, his season's over. We'll see him back next year. Here's a six-game presentation of what Jordan Love's got. Because at the end of the day, none of us know, right? Dallin Levitt and Devontroy Campbell can go on as many shows as they want and say Jordan Love looks like a starting quarterback. But Andy, Perry, myself, we have no damn idea what Jordan Love's got. And I would really, as a fan, and I and again, Perry, you're right. We're not gonna see Jordan Love, I don't think. But should we see Jordan Love is the question? My answer is a million times yes.
3: I think we do, right? I think like But it's not going to be as much as maybe he should be playing. I think maybe last two games or the third and second to last game, and you get Aaron Rodgers in in the last game because maybe it's his last game. And, you know, like there's going to be a time where we get him. I just don't think he's going to play as much as he should.
2: I think the last game is Jordan Loves for sure. I think, like, I almost that one seems, especially because it's going to be a glorified preseason game, that game's not going to matter at all for the Lions or the Packers. I think that'll be Jordan Love. So I think we see him at some point. I think there's a lot of unknowns here that make it very difficult for us to make a determination on. The first is how hurt actually is Aaron Rodgers? Is the thumb actually broken? I know Big B, for those who are out on Twitter, reported that when he was at Lambeau and had the opportunity to talk to Aaron, um, that he had said that the, the finger was broken. I have no reason not to trust that. But if the finger is like legitimately broken, yeah, then maybe you actually have a out to say, like Aaron we got to shut this down your thumbs broken like there's no reason to continue playing on we're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs once that happens and like this is just smart for you it's smart for the franchise it's good for jordan like there's no reason not to do this um but the, a couple other things that we don't know is we don't know if Aaron Rodgers has made a decision on next season i doubt he has and i doubt he has told the packers what that decision would be but if he has made a decision and if he has notified the Packers that this is, Hey, this is my last season. I don't know if that changes your calculus at all, but like as Perry's saying, like you probably do let him finish out the season, at least the last game at home at Lambeau. Like you, it probably does change the calculus in some capacity, whether that should or shouldn't. I don't know. Like yeah, that might almost give you more of a want to see Jordan love if he's saying he's, he's out and retired, but that does change the calculus a little bit. Like I said, I very much doubt that that has happened or that that will happen, but Aaron's a complicated fellow. You never know exactly what you're going to get. I also think that, uh, number one, assuming that Rodgers hasn't made up his mind so far, I don't think there's any chance in hell that Rodgers would want to be shut down for any period of time, even if the thumb is broken. Because just knowing Aaron, what if Jordan Love comes in and plays extremely well. A, that's an indictment on how Aaron's played the season so far. Like, if Jordan comes in and plays well and like wins like three games in a row or something, that's not a great scene for Aaron Rodgers. And now Aaron might see Jordan in practice every day and be like, Man, this guy's not he doesn't have it, he, he's gonna struggle. But like, even that little shred of doubt of like if he comes in and tears it up, like that changes the calculus for everything. So I don't think Aaron's going to want to take that chance that all of a sudden Jordan looks great. We lost Alex somehow. That's okay. We'll you him think
3: that That's some, that's actually a factor that he's thinking about.
2: I, I think that I don't know that he's thinking about it. Cause I don't know that he's thinking about like, actually that green Bay would come to him and say, we want to start Jordan. But like, I guarantee you, he would not want to be taken out in any capacity. Yeah, like yeah. he would want to finish the season. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then I think the last thing, is if you do decide that you want to go to Aaron and have this conversation of how to handle, um, or that, that you maybe want to go with love, like maybe you want to involve him in that conversation, right? You have to have that determination of like, Hey, if we go to Aaron and like ask him what he wants to do and he says he wants to keep playing, like, then you almost have to let him keep playing. Right. If you're going to involve him in that decision. So are you going him, to him and saying like, Hey, we, we are wondering what you think we're thinking. Maybe we should shut you down for the season. Then if he says no, like then you're in no man's, <coughs> excuse me, you're in no man's land. Um, or are you going to him basically saying, Hey, you you're, we're going to, we're going to shut you down. Your thumb's broken. We need like, and then how does Aaron handle that situation? So there's a ton of complexities here to say the least I'm with you, Perry. in the fact that I don't think, they will make some crazy decision. I don't think they're just going to go with Jordan. I do think Jordan probably plays the last game, which will be a glorified exhibition game. Uh, we, we know the Packers don't play starters in exhibition games. So, um, you know, I, I think they probably uh, allow Jordan to play that, but I, I don't think they probably make a move before then. And certainly it doesn't even even become in the question until they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs.
3: I think it's unfortunate because I think that you – have a lot of like really tough decisions as a franchise right now. And you're actually given almost this opportunity on a silver platter to figure out what you have and potentially your next generation. And now, yeah, it sucks that you're dealing with all of these things. You're sucks that it sucks that this is a last season. It probably really feels like a window has totally shut on you, but this team always plans ahead. And now they have this potential opportunity to like really get ahead on next season and they kind of can't do it
2: yeah it's (laughs) there's so many reasons that this season is frustrating and that's just like the cherry on the sunday is like in some cases when you're just bad the end of the season affords you the opportunity to kind of just try some crap and almost with the where they're at right now and just the absurdity of everything is like they can't even do that which is almost more frustrating but yeah. We'll, we'll get to a, a variety of other topics here. Uh, Alex is back with us now. Nice to see you, Alex.
4: Yeah. My computer is really cooperating. Really happy about the, uh, the system refresh on that. Anyway, where are we?
2: Uh, we are on number two. I will let oh, you great. pick things on this one. So we just, we just finished up Love and Rogers. Uh, should the Packers fire Joe Barry in season? Okay. So that changes my answer in season.
4: Probably not because, I, I mean, unless you want to do an internal promotion, I, I think at the end of the season, the answer is yes, though, right? I, th- I think you're at a year and a half of a sample size and, and and what you've gotten in return, right? The return on investment has not been worthwhile. Um, you know, I always say, because I'm in Madison, right? There's the parallel universe where Jim Leonard did take the Packers job, and that defense is top three, just like we all predicted in the in, in the off season. But yeah, I, I I don't know if it's an in season move. If it's if it is, I'm not going to be upset about it by any means as a fan. But not. In, I I guess I don't know how crucial this. Sorry, Perry. Go ahead. Fill me up.
3: Okay. Well, the original question was not in season. Right. It was just should the Packers fire Joe Barry? I got to change well, things
2: up on you just to keep it real, keep <laughs> it fresh.
3: So yes, they should. And I would say that I've been a Joe Barry defender for longer than the most of Packers uh, fans. So the fact that I've like flipped on this at this point, I think is it just shows. But how can you watch this Titans game and watch how soft these DBs are? Like, you look at Ja and Rasul and the safeties and you're like, these are aggressive athletic men who want to play hard. Even when they're losing, they don't care. They're out there with their celebrations. They're picking off Ryan Tannehill, like trying to keep the game alive. And then you're watching like a very mediocre, not good, like Robert Woods is their number one. And he has like 220 something yards going into this game. And you're playing such soft zone. And like at that point, I'm just like, it's, we can't do this anymore. I just, I I look at this defense and I'm like, there's too much talent here and they're not being utilized. And you can tell the players are starting to turn on him a little bit too externally, which means the, the ship has sunk.
2: Yeah. I, I agree with both of you that it, so uh, Perry, do, do you think they should do it in season though? I guess, let me ask you that.
3: No, there's no reason to right. If they were in playoff contention and it was like the defense, was holding them back in some way. And like maybe a change was gonna be like the kick in the butt, sure. But this team isn't going anywhere. And I I just don't think that move does anything other than like an additional demoralizing, like, feature of the season.
2: I'm with both of you on both accounts. There's no reason to do it in season. If you, A if you were going to do it, it would have been right after the Titans game, right? Like where yeah. you have a little bit of an extra bye week and you make the coordinator change at that point so it gives you the rest of the this sort of semi bye week to kind of prepare and go and move forward. Um so A, I think it would have been done at that point, especially coming off that loss to the Titans. were one of the worst passing offenses in football where you allow like Perry said, a bunch of easy completions to a bad quarterback and bad receivers and bad weapons throughout the course of the game. So I think that's probably when you do it. But the other thing is there's nobody that's worthy on this defensive coaching staff of being promoted to that position. The Jerry Gray's the only one with defensive coordinator experience, and he can't get his secondary to talk to each other in a way that's like actually effective. And like, if anything, like Jerry Gray should probably be on the hot seat more than Joe Barry should. So um, I just don't see anyone that makes any sense. And um, for that reason, I just think you finish out the season with Barry And at least Barry's made adjustments at times. I'm not saying they've been great adjustments. I'm not saying he's stuck with the adjustments when he's needed to, but at least he's made changes and adjustments. They've started playing at times more physical. They've started blitzing more. I don't know why they didn't against the Titans. It's mind blowing of of why they didn't after they've had success playing a a bit more physical, a bit more press, a bit more man-to-man coverage. And then, you know, not in some critical situations against the Titans is again, mind numbing, but Uh, at least he's made some adjustments and maybe he can figure out a formula for the rest of the season that will work for this defense. I'm not holding my breath, uh, but I just don't see the advantage at this point to moving on in season. So uh, off season, I don't think there's any question. I think he's gone, but I I wouldn't make any changes at this point either. Go Jeff Saturday style with the DC position, right? Get rid of Barry.
4: No, No, go Leroy Butler, right? You just, you just, you you know, showed him (laughs) on the facade on Thursday's game. Bring Laroy in, great motivator. That's that's my vote. You might as well have fun with it if you're going to do it in season. I guess is all of our points, right? I'm there You're not going it. internal. You're not going internal. So
2: could you
3: imagine? It'd be
4: fun. It'd <laughs> be right? amazing. It's, it's, it's a story on a lost season. That that's my vote.
2: It'll be it'll be very interesting to see what direction they do go in the off season. And like I said, there, there's going to be some some major changes with this team moving forward. It's totally. going to be a very interesting off season. Defensive coordinator almost assuredly one of those, but who they peg to replace uh, Barry will be very interesting assuming they do go in that direction. All right. Number three, should the Packers release Sammy Watkins? I'll, I'll kick this one off. Um, And I will say unequivocally. Yes. Um, I know that uh, right now, Romeo Dobbs is injured. I know Cobb is just coming back from injury. Uh, I don't care there. You have five wide receivers right now that should play when Dobbs comes back. You have four wide receivers right now that should be unequivocally playing ahead of Sammy Watkins and Lazard, Cobb, Watson, and Torrey. And as soon as Dobbs get, gets back, that's five receivers ahead of Sammy Watkins. And Sammy Watkins gives you nothing on special teams. He gives you nothing as a wide receiver. He's not a weapon. He's not a gadget guy. And he's on a one-year contract. You're not going to bring him back next season. There is absolutely no reason. There's if, if If Sammy Watkins takes one snap, from any of the rookie receivers the remainder of the season that is unacceptable like there's just zero reason for it so uh and if you want to bring up a Winfrey, yeah. if you want to bring up you know a fulgum i don't even care like they don't even necessarily need to once Dobbs is back but um again there needs to be accountability watkins hasn't been good enough he's not going to be on your roster next year going a different direction absolutely it's and again i should state with all of these Nobody is cheering for anyone to get cut or released or fired. That's not what we like talking about. That's not what we get excited about. Uh, but as Matt LaFleur mentioned, this is a production-based industry, and this is part of the equation. You get hired in the NFL to eventually get fired. You're, almost everyone. Bill Belichick will be one of the rare uh, people in the, in, in the industry that does not get fired at some point. Um, but other than that, you know, you, you're, it's a production-based job, and he has not produced the way that he is needed to. Uh, I'll let either of you go.
4: Yeah, Andy, I guess my follow-up question is you said you do not want Sammy Watkins taking any snaps away from the rookies. Would you be less upset if DD Westbrook showed up and took snaps away from, let's say, Samore Toure? Right? Are you more upset if Watkins does it or if Westbrook doesn't? That's a Watkins, serious for question. Sure.
2: Because at least Westbrook yeah. on the roster gives you help on special teams, right? Like right. At, least, at least he gets an opportunity to you know show himself as a returner. Do I think DD Westbrook's going to be back next year? No. Would I rather just Samore Toure get those snaps and, and be the punt returner? Yeah, absolutely. But um I would be less upset at this point if you gave DD D. Westbrook a chance um than I would be with Sammy Watkins Sammy Watkins had his chance in my opinion.
4: Yeah, you you're 100% over the Sammy Watkins experiment which I think uh, you know most Packer fans probably including you Andy were over in I don't know July, right? Like this was never a good idea and it's proven not to be a good idea. Um you know I I've heard the nickname Hammy Watkins out there and you can never fault a guy for getting hurt obviously but He has a track record of, of being just that hurt. So, and you know, he was a number four, was he number four overall pick, but he's, he's never really lived up to it. And you know, he's certainly not going to do that 10 years into his career in green Bay. It's unfortunate, but I'm with you, Andy. I I vote yes on this one as well. Perry.
3: Cut bench. I don't know. It's kind of all the same to me. Like I agree with the snaps thing. Like he should not be playing um he's not good (laughs) he runs the wrong routes he doesn't accelerate when he needs to he's not on the same page with Aaron Rodgers like at least going into the season when Rodgers was talking about him I was like oh maybe they'll have some chemistry like they don't he's had a couple of nice catches he had one good game against the Bears and so I'm here for the benching right you cut him there's like nothing really to it. It's like, he's not going to be back next season. They actually set up his contract so that this was a very like low risk, potentially high reward situation. So the Packers were smart. It's like a dead cap of like 400 K. So it's all the same to me. I just don't think he should be playing.
2: That's fair. I think we're on the same page overall. And like you said, whether it's a cut or a bench, I I would like to see some accountability on this roster. And if you're not, and I guess it started with Kylan and, and Amari, but Um, you know, if you're not paying up to expectations, uh, I think there is something to that, but uh, I understand. And if it's a bench instead of a cut, they don't save any money this year by releasing him. Now he's a veteran. He's guaranteed his whole contract's guaranteed at this point. So there's no financial savings by doing it. So I can certainly understand benching as well. Perry, I'll let you kick off. Number four, should the Packers bench Darnell Savage?
3: Okay. But like for who? Because yes, but for who? Like, You could maybe go with two Rudy Ford and Amos, but then who are you bringing in without Stokes? I, 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 Shamar John Charles has been hurt. That like I just don't think they have the depth, unfortunately, in order to bench Savage. Should they, based on his play? Yes. Do I wish they hadn't picked up his fifth year option? Yes they, I just don't know if they actually have like the luxury of benching him at the moment.
2: That's fair, Alex.
4: Yeah. Logically the answer is probably no, but also logically the answer is yes, given his play this year. Right. So uh, I guess the, 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 case toward your point, Perry is, is probably let's see what those guys are worth. I, I, I guess long-term if there's maybe a diamond in the rough there, because we don't know what a lot of those guys are capable of, but uh, you know, at least in the starting basis. So I would say yes. I mean, he's looked lost several times this year. He's made, he's missed tackles several times this year. Darnell Savage has maybe been the, the biggest thumbs down of the defense this year, besides the aforementioned Joe Barry. Like, that would probably be my vote. So I, I, I go yes.
3: It makes me so sad. I was so excited when they drafted him. Like totally. he has all, like he was such a moldable ball of clay, so athletic. And I was so excited when they finally moved him into that slot role. Cause I felt like he played the most snaps in college in the slot. seems like where he's the most comfortable. And I don't know if maybe they had done this move earlier, if he's just like already, unfortunately learned so many bad habits that he can't unlearn that it's like almost too late. But Maybe the rest of the season, they can just like stick him where he's been playing best and kind of see if there's any development. I don't know.
2: So I'm torn on this one. Uh, Barring some trade uh, in the offseason where they probably would have to give up a draft pick to get off of his contract, honestly. Um, I don't think he actually has net value at this point. Barring something crazy, Darnell Savage will be on the roster next year. And with that in mind... He's actually one of the few secondary players that you can say that for Adrian Amos will not be back next year. I can almost guarantee that. Um, You've got Keyshawn Nixon, who is an unrestricted free agent who may or like maybe they bring him back, but he's unrestricted. Dallin Levitt will be unrestricted. Um, Rudy Ford will be unrestricted. Like you, you don't, there's no guarantee that any of those guys will actually be back on the roster. So a part of me wants to say like, you know what? at least bench him for a game and just put him on notice to be like, Hey, you're not just guaranteed this spot. And maybe that like wakes him up and maybe that's what he needs. But at the same token um, and part of me wanted to say, in fact, I had it written down in my notes like, yeah, bench him the rest of the season. Like he's, that's what he's earned so far. Like put Nixon and nickel, put Ford and Amos at safety, bring Jonathan Abram in and dime. If you want Abram also will be an unrestricted free agent. And then once the season's totally over, yeah. If Shamar is healthy, bring him in. Maybe you get a look at Tariq Carpenter and some of those guys, but for the time being Savage is actually, like I said, one of the ones that you can actually probably legitimately pencil in is on the roster next year. And maybe, you know, he's only played two games in the slot. Maybe he just needs a few more games in the slot to be able to pick that up. So, you know, there's a world where, Rizul on the outside, Jair on the outside, I guess, you know, Stokes is back. So I don't know what you do next year, but um, you know, where, where maybe Savage is your dime, you know, corner guy, like who knows? So I guess the fact that he's going to be on the roster next year, like let's keep those communication, you know, let's try to get the communication issues fixed because we know that those, a lot of the like Jair, Rizul and Savage are probably going to be on the field. So let's get it fixed now instead of it being an issue early next year, but Man, I want to say yes, but I, I don't know that, that there's actually an upside to doing that. Beer? In the water section? You've piqued my interest, Liquid Death. Okay, so it's not actually beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, but it sure as heck looks like a beer when you first see it. And it should pique your interest too, because Liquid Death is the incredible new product that looks like a can of beer, but is actually water that comes in sparkling still and three delicious flavors. We've been downing can after can of Liquid Death at my house, and everyone's always interested. What are you drinking? What is that? Did Xavier just drink a beer? It's been downright fantastic. And best of all, the water is actually incredible. Listen, I am not a water guy and sparkling water never really did it for me, but even I can't get enough of the lime liquid death, which we have been going through like crazy. So it's fun. It's delicious. And it's actually better for the environment because you aren't adding more plastic bottles to your local landfills. I love the tall boys of Liquid Death, and I know you're going to as well. If you haven't checked them out yet, you should probably fix that right now and get to a store immediately. You can find Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundy's, or hy or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
2: All right, Fair enough. Number five, Alex. I'll start with you. Should the Packers release Mason Crosby? And I'm going to add the caveat here again, right now in season, uh, right now. should the Packers release Mason Crosby? No, he's not, he's, he's, got, not. he's not going to be back next season. Like this, this season is no. in for him. But so, but
4: definitely. but the answer, Andy, is still no. Like and I I am putting. Uh, typically, I know it's a business, right? Football's a business. Morals aside, I'm saying I'm saying maybe. Right? See see what you got in the other guy. But uh, morals involved. Let him retire. Let him go out, quote unquote, on his own, uh, on his own. You know, you know, his own say. Um, I, I, he's just been here as long as anybody, right? So, I you 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 let him go out on his own word. But I, I I that I can't put aside morals here. I just love Mason Crosby. He's been here for what fifteen years. It's hard for me to say. Perry 100. will give you a real answer.
3: He's been here as long, almost as long as Rodgers, I believe. One year less,
4: I believe. Yeah, yeah. I right. 17 seasons. Yeah.
3: Um, I don't see any reason to. Like, he's kicking fine. Obviously, his leg isn't what it used to be. He's missing, like, some of those 50 and longers. But like, what do, what do you gain from doing that? And what do you lose from doing that? And I think what Alex said is, like, He's another player that's been with the team for 15 plus. Just let him finish out the season. The season doesn't matter. He's not going to be kicking in a playoff game. Like it's fine. They're losing games regardless of him anyway. Um, I am curious why you think he's not going to be back next season. Cause I'm pretty sure he's under contract through
2: 2025. I just think he's, I think either a he'll retire or b they'll go in another direction. Like he just, okay. he doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. Like,
3: so if-, if that's the case, then yeah, let him, let him ride out of the season. It's
2: so harmless. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a jerk. Uh, I, mean, I think we're too nice. This is what's happening here, Perry. You, you and know, I care me, about I'm
3: literally have. weighing, like, what are the pros and cons of this? And that, to me, there are just, like, too many cons to, like, First like of all, who I would... else would kick? Ramiz?
2: Ahmed. Abba? yeah. yeah. Ahmed. Like, like, maybe they want it, like, very similarly to, like, in a very different way. Like, see, like, like Jordan Love. Like You, you can are...
3: find a kicker in the offseason. Can they? Can yeah. they have,
2: have they a returner or a long snapper? Just ever? draft
4: one, for the love of God. Get it out of the way. Get the best guy in the college, right? Just sometimes you got to draft a kicker and a punter. They can't it find happens. a
2: punter. They I can't they find a long Hunter snapper. They can't, long find, snapper but... they can't find a returner. What makes you possibly think they're going to find a kicker?
4: Like... Damn it, Andy. This is depressing. Found <laughs> <They> found Mason.
2: <laughs> 17 years ago or whatever <laughs> it was. But you don't cut him. I'll say that at worst, you put him on IR because he's clearly his legs, not like there. So if he, if he can't kick, you put him on IR and that's it. You don't, you don't, you don't cut him. There's no need to cut him. Um, If you want to let him finish out the season, it's fine. Like you said, they're not going to win anyway. Ramiz is going to stay on your practice squad. You're going to get his rights going into next year anyway. So it's not like you're, you have a threat of losing Ramiz Ahmed. So I'm fine with it. But if, if you wanted to get a look at Ramiz, I guess just call him up from the practice squad again for a couple of weeks at the end of the season or put, put Mason on IR, but I don't know. I'm, a, I'm not, I'm a bigger jerk where if they wanted to go in a different direction, put him on IR and see what Ramiz could do. I wouldn't be too hurt by it.
4: You're an ass.
2: Obviously we're <laughs> well past that. Uh, number six and number seven, I'm going to combine into one. Should Matt LaFleur and or Brian Gudekinst be on the hot seat? Perry, the floor is yours.
3: Hard no. First of all, Mm. I feel very strongly about this. First of all, they just extended them this offseason. So whether you think they're on the hot seat or not, they're simply not. (laughs) So logic aside for a minute, Perry, come on. Sorry. Um, Second is, look, uh, there's not enough time for this question. Like We could do an entire episode on this question. They have both coached and created rosters that went 13-3, and three, all three of which, maybe you could argue only two of which, fully were capable of making it to the Super Bowl and should have made it to the Super Bowl in 2020 or 2021. You do not put coaches and GMs on the hot seat when the going gets rough one season in. If this is a repeated offense next season, the season, yeah, sure, If when it becomes a pattern. But this, to me, feels like such an odd strange aberration accumulation of a lot of bad things like give them a chance to write this ship it, they get the benefit of the doubt for me.
4: Alex I, I tend to agree with Perry. Um but then I I of course I'm gonna make the reverse argument just for a second, right? Just just to put them out there and that is a with, with Matt LaFleur He gets the benefit of the doubt because he's had Aaron Rodgers. But also you could, of course, make the case he revitalized Aaron Rodgers, right? He won two MVPs under him. They won 13 games three years in a row, right? So there's all the the, the positive arguments you can make for Matt LaFleur. The seat's a tiny bit warmer for Brian Gutekunst but I don't think it's that hot yet. Right. Like it's when you're simmering on the stove, he's not quite up to a five or a seven. It's probably simmering or maybe close to a two, but you need a, you need another year before the, the seat is very warm under Brian Gutekunst. Uh, Perry and I have, I feel like we've talked about this every time we've been on the show together for the last two months. And that is whether or not Matt LaFleur deserves the benefit of the doubt. And I think her and I are still on the same page. He does. Um, and I need another bad year, right? If this, if this year turns out to be five and 12, uh, you know, worst case and they do it again next season, then yeah, the seat is certainly really hot and there are some conversations to be had, but I, I I fully believe Matt LaFleur deserves the benefit of the doubt. And I would love to see him in green Bay with a different quarterback at some point down the road. I would really just love to see what happens there with Goody real quick, Perry, and then you can jump in. But with, with Goody, it's, there's more frustration because he's never gone all in with the limited window that Aaron Rodgers has, right? It's a similar argument. And I, I think fans are especially frustrated because of what happened at the trade deadline this year, which by the way, was nothing and the, the losing. So Perry, go ahead with, with either a rebuttal or hopefully an agreement, but you're this shaking is your head. Fans fatigued.
3: don't run this team. Exactly. Right? I'm, like, I'm not, fans I'm, a, I'm are a fan. Reactive. And in the moment and need immediate gratification. And that's the opposite of what a GM is supposed to do. Like you're supposed to plan, you're supposed to build. And yes, there are many arguments to say what's that. what's the plan when Goud, Roger's late? Goud, and that's right, the rebuttal. Like goot has not, I'm sure he has one. He's not an idiot. I'm sure he has one. Two is like, yes, you can take a look at his drafting and you can make comments about some, okay, fine. He's also been incredible at finding undrafted street talent, which is, I think, something that most GMs can't do. It's looking oh. like the 2022 draft is a hit in, like, I would say, most regards, especially, like, I think he's more of a development guy. So every year we're like, oh, let them develop, let them develop. Look at what the rookies are doing this season, right? Even just your two your two top picks and Christian Watson and Quay Walker. So, look, I just don't think, like fans and a GM think the same way, which is why I don't think fans understand like the, his process at all. And I will defend Matt LaFleur because I agree. You need to see him with non Aaron Rodgers to know like what kind of coach he is. And I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers carried Matt LaFleur or vice versa. I think it's impossible to like separate the two when they've been so successful. It's a chicken and the egg sort of situation. You have to like, Eventually you'll separate them and you'll see what kind of coach Matt LaFleur is when it's Jordan Love or whomever else. And then you make a decision. Well said. Okay, I'm done.
2: It's, uh, it's 20 degrees in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds just got in the vehicle and they turned on the the ignition and they're just like, oh, does this car have seat warmers? <laughs> That's where things are at right now. It's still icy cold. Uh, so much it's, better it's, than my
4: stovetop analogy. It's, so it's, much free-
2: better. it's freezing cold out. And the car just got turned on and they just realized that maybe the car has seat warmers (laughs) that are just kind of kicking in. That's that's where things are right now with Brian Gutekinds and Matt LaFleur. For the first time in really either of their 10 years, there's a little bit of heat. It's not much. Uh, It's probably more there, you know, from the fans and I'm sure, you know, internally there's a lot of angst and frustration in the organization as a whole. I guarantee you both are feeling it when Matt LaFleur was so emotional after the win against the Cowboys I guarantee there's a reason why. This this is an organization that really felt that winning or that losing streak in a variety of different ways and just getting any win at that point um, was much needed and I think important for the franchise. Um, But where things go from here for the remainder of the season and going into next offseason and and next season, um, it it started, like I said, there's a little bit of heat for the first time on either of them. And it's going to be interesting to see how the entire organization and how both Gutekunst and LaFleur respond to that. And I think that's going to be a huge thing to keep an eye on for the remainder of this year and certainly this off season, but there's 0% chance either of them go anywhere this off season, unless Brian Gudekinst pulls something where he's like, you know what, I'm, you know, I want to spend more time with my family and like something crazy or whatever, but there's no way, there's no chance either of them get fired. And like I said, it's just mildly, mildly heating up at this point. All right. Number eight, should the Packers start Devontae Wyatt for the remainder of this season? I'll kick this one off. Um, whether it's start or not start, I, I don't care as much, but he needs to start seeing about 30-some snaps per game. Um, I don't really care if he's in on the first play or on the last play, but it, like that snap count needs to get above 30. Um, I've got like five defenders, I think, that are actually graded in the positive this season. There's not many of them. Devontae Wyatt's actually one of them in very minimal, sna- or, you know, minimum snaps. And I think if he played more, he probably would not be uh, graded in the positive. But um, you got to give the guy a chance. And there's just no reason he's too talented to not have on the field. And like his flash plays are actually really fun. And I just want to see more Devontae Wyatt. One of the few things that we could actually sink our teeth into and enjoy for the remainder of the season is just to see if he can develop. So I, I need more Devontae Wyatt.
3: I knew you put this on here for a reason. It just felt like a very random question in the grand scheme of these. And it's simply because you want him to
4: play more. <laughs> no, it's, it's because he wanted to sneak in promo for his great Yeah, of course. Right? I, mean, I have observed like, <laughs> positive. That's what that's
3: why.
2: For, the, for the record, a lot of people have been frustrated with the fact that Wyatt hasn't been playing. So that's why Spot I wanted on. to I Which just fair. On.
3: Look, we've been I think a theme here with the three of us and how we feel about this team at this point is you're it's a, it's a lost season, regardless if they sneak into the playoffs. So you have to take some kind of positives. So you're looking at, you know, do we play Jordan love? That's in the realm of this question. We look at the development of the rookies in Quay Walker and Christian Watson. And in that same conversation is play more of your rookies play potentially more of your duck pieces that you may want to resign, like give them this chance now, because there's nothing to lose <laughs> anymore literally and you picked him in the first round for a reason he he deserves that time to develop especially when quite frankly the d line hasn't even been playing that great so like again what do you have to lose maybe he adds something maybe he doesn't it can't really be much worse than it is
4: bingo i mean you guys have said you guys have said everything there is to say right when i read this question initially it was I got to be honest, I don't remember seeing a ton of Devontae Wyatt on the field so far this year. So yeah, I'd like to see how a first round pick fares uh, out there, right? So um, obviously, uh, you've made it 38 minutes into this podcast. If you're listening or watching, you know, Andy and Perry are are much bigger nerds than I am. Love you guys. Uh, But I just don't remember seeing a ton of Devontae Wyatt this year in the uh, in the football I have watched.
2: Yeah, I, again, I think it's it's more than time to see a little bit more Devontae. And like I said, whether he's starting or not starting doesn't really matter. But I would love to see a little bit more of him. All right, question number nine, Perry. I will start with you. Should the Packers shut down David Bakhtiari once they are officially out of the playoff contention?
3: I hate this question so much. Me too. You're welcome. I don't have an answer to be honest with you. I don't. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, and I think that's that's that at the end of the day. Like who's probably going to need to decide this. Look, if, you, if you're looking at this from a long-term investment perspective, it's probably smart to, you know? But then at the same time, I think about football being a rhythm, repetitive sport, and I'm like, but would the reps actually help him stay in shape? You know, like how much does rehab and taking time off actually help him prepare? I don't know. I, I don't have an answer. The last thing you want, obviously, is to continue to av- aggravate it. So if doctors think playing is going to do that, then sure. If doctors think he actually needs the time on the field in order to strengthen his knee, keep him out there. I I just don't know.
4: Like you don't need me to tell you, I don't break down a ton of film. I also probably don't need to tell you. I'm also not a Dr. Perry, (laughs) Uh, but I will say I I, I feel a little bit stronger about this one though. I do, I do vote yes. And I feel the same way about Aaron Rodgers If that thumb is really bothering him, right? Like, I, I, I my motto on this episode, guys, if you can't already tell is why not? Right. Why the hell not? Let's 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 uh let's try to see if you can get David Boxtiori back to a full 100 percent and maybe even optimistically back to that all pro level. Um So I I, I, I again, I am not a doctor, but like I just I don't feel like there's a lot of reward to come out of the rhythm when you're still going to get. What is it? Six, seven months off anyway. So that that would be my that that's where I land. To me, this
2: is maybe the one I feel most strongly about and that's you unequivocally shut him down. Three reasons, the least of which is, I just want to see more Zach Tom. And I think, you know, getting to see more Zach Tom at left tackle again in a season that's lost would be fun. That's the least of the reasons. Um, number two is th- there's probably a number of snaps that David can play for the remainder of his career. And you don't want to use, use those up when they don't mean anything just feel like you don't want to like, he's clearly still struggling with things in some capacity and trying to gut things out. There's been games where like, he can't even get through the game and has to come out of the game. Like, like the more time he can maybe have to rest it and rehab it and whatever he needs to do, maybe it can't get fixed. Maybe this is just the new reality for David Bakhtiari, but even if this is it, this is this, as good as it's ever going to get. You're probably still on a time clock for how many, how many snaps he gets, on that knee and to play those when it's meaningless. I don't, I don't do it, but most importantly, most importantly, as much as nobody's going to want to talk about it is I think there's probably a very strong chance that the Packers release David Bakhtiari off season. In fact, I would be willing to bet on it based on how his contract is structured. They'll have to pay a a bunch this upcoming, they'll pay a bunch of dead money this upcoming season, but we'll still save some. And then they'll save all of his 2024 salary cap by doing that, which just when you have a player that you don't even know if he's going to make it through any given game, you probably have to do that as much as that sucks. If he were to tear his ACL right now, you can't release him in the off season. And you like, it becomes an actual issue because now you have to release him with an injury settlement and where like, he, like it gets really, really messy and you have to pay more of that contract than if you actually want to release him the moment that you probably, you become no longer playoff eligible. You have to shut him down in my opinion, because you need to be able to keep open the option that if you want to move on from him in the offseason, and that's the decision you think is best as a franchise and best as a football team, you want to be able to keep that option open. And if you would re his ACL or any, like have any sort of injury that would keep him out for the, like next season, then you don't have that option anymore. So, more Zach, Tom, even if you want to keep him limiting the amount of snaps that he plays the remainder of this year is the smarter move. And you want to be able to keep the option open to move on. If, if you want to, in fact, go in that direction, which I think they will.
3: I, I Packers think- are known for moving on from offensive linemen, like a year or two early as well. Yeah. So I really hate that though. But but I, I can't believe and- I'm about to ask
4: this question. No, go ahead, Perry.
2: I think you're both oh, we might be thinking
3: the same yes. thing, but like, does he come back if Aaron retires anyway?
2: Bingo. You or, got or it. Even if even if Aaron does come back, like he might, he might realize too, like, I, you guys, I can't do this anymore. Like he, he might just retire too. But like, in the I,
4: same breath, does the, does Aaron Rodgers even let gouda and company even get close to cutting David Bakhtiari, right? Because we, we know how they, uh, he essentially forced their hand and bring Cabo back. Obviously this is a much more hefty price tag, but I don't know. And Are, an arguably
3: much more important position.
2: I, I, I totally agree with that. I, I don't even know if it's an argument, but. If, 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 if those listening are not getting the gist yet, that this isn't ex- like all of this is extremely complicated and extremely <laughs> messy and extremely gross, like, yeah, the, the contract that was given to Rodgers and the amount of pull and power that he has may affect your ability to want to be able to move on from Randall Cobb, D- David Bakhtiari, to be able to get a look at Jordan Love. There's it's just a very, very, very extremely messy thing, and all of it goes into all of these decisions you think it's easy being a GM in the league, it is not. There are some very complicated issues that go into all of this. All right. Last he still,
3: Sorry. He would still have a dead cap of like 23 million. It's massive. Yeah. But how much
2: is his salary next year? Like 26, right? Something like that.
3: His cap hit is 29.
2: Yep. So the 23 dead hit would come off if they wanted to do it all next year. The 23 dead cap would come off all next year. They would actually save 6 million in cap. From releasing yeah. him next year, and then in 2024, his 20 some million, whatever it is, I'm not looking at it, but all of that would be saved. They wouldn't owe a penny of that in 2024. So they yeah, actually save like
3: 1.4.
2: So they actually save like 27 Ugh. million overall. This sucks.
3: Him. This I sucks. Know. Yeah, I hate this so much.
2: I know you're welcome. I'm glad everyone's listening and enjoying this I, podcast. I talk handy Make sure.
4: Didn't I tell you guys
3: I might break out
4: into tears? We're Make really sure close. to
2: subscribe and like the podcast we are going to need it I promise um number 10 last but not least since we're having so much fun should Packers tank the remainder of the season for a better draft choice not a chance I'll go ahead sorry
4: sorry no I cut Perry off my answer is not a chance that's all I got
2: Perry
3: I don't believe in tanking. First of all, I don't believe if you play in the NFL that you are even capable of tanking they're too fucking competitive. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Bingo. Bingo. Um, there's no, there's simply no way. And second of all, they don't even need to tank. They're already like at number 12. <laughs> like, there's there's <laughs> no tanking needed. They just need to keep playing the way they're playing. They're going to have a good traffic anyway.
4: <laughs> that was double chef's kiss. Beautiful response.
2: That is the correct answer. Ding, 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 <laughs> we have a winner. Do they even need a tank? They're probably going to like lose all but one game anyway. But um, oh, yeah, th- th- they, they don't need a tank, nor will they tank. So it's it's not it's not really in the realm of conversation. Um, you can do things like potentially shut down a Bakhtiari, like potentially go to a Jordan Love, um, like there's certain like start a Devonte Wyatt that, who maybe not be fully ready yet. Like there's certain things you could do, play a Shamar jean Charles more to see. Like certain things you can do. That will bring about potentially more losing, but you don't have to actively try to tank or anything like that, which is not what they would do anyway. All right, I think <laughs> I think we're just depressed now. Yeah,
4: I don't definitely. Know if we actually
2: solved any issues. <laughs> I think we've just uh, illuminated all of the problems that are actually there and are uh, convoluting and complicating things, which is no fun. But I had fun with you guys anyway, so thank you for joining me. And uh, this is a great conversation as always. For those listening, of course, you can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me at Andy Herman, NFL. Perry, where can we follow you on Twitter and where, where can we find your work?
3: Um, you can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. And most importantly, you can follow the, my podcast. I'm on Packaday, but I also have my own podcast at Packs, which she said, PWSS Podcast on Twitter. Um, next couple of weeks are going to be kind of interesting for the Packs, What she said clan because Maggie Loney is on maternity leave she just had a little healthy baby boy so we'll likely have Mr. Herman on as a guest just gonna be me and lots of guests Um, potentially me solo which I'm not sure how I feel about but tune in because it's gonna be interesting.
2: Uh, Congratulations uh, Maggie we could not be more happy for you so that's the biggest news of the day. Uh, Alex where can we find you? You're actually my favorite by the way Uh, where can we find you?
4: Thanks, Andy. Uh, no, but second that to Maggie. Congratulations to the Loney Clan. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm on ESPN Madison 100.5 FM in the Madison area. If you if you uh, are down here in the wonderful area, or you can get us on the ESPN app. Uh, the High Noon Hour, the Great Dane Huddle, Wisconsin College Game Day. If you're into Badgers football. I uh, do that with former NFL punter Brad Nortman, total legend, uh, played in the Super Bowl with the Panthers, great guy. Uh, wanted to get into that when we talked about Mason Crosby earlier because he kind of got pushed out, and it's like, you know you don't like to see that happen to the specialists. But anyway, I'm rambling. On Twitter, at Alex underscore Strofe, where I do more rambling. Uh, appreciate you hanging out with us today, and appreciate you both.
2: I appreciate you guys as well. Again, follow the podcast at Pack- Packet A Podcast. That is going to do it for us today. But until next time, and as always, go Packo.